I can start the show. Okay, I think I got it. Hey. All right. Man. So, uh, happy FBA multiple day. Man, that sounded better in my head. <laughs> I'm just Very I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm, I, <clears throat> I am actually really excited that today is the day I can get all of this crap out of my office because I can send multiples in again. And I've told you the story about the, the halo product that I have yeah. that is multiple. And I was fulfilling myself for a while, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, just off camera, I have 20, 22 cases of it. Okay. For what is that? 224, 244. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever 12 times 24 is 248. No, that's not even right either. Forget it. <laughs> Someone do the math. Um, it's 288. And, well, is that 24 cases? Yeah, okay. So it's 22 cases. Okay. Whatever. Sure, whatever. Fine. <laughs> sure. Um, today's the day I get to send it all in. And I'm super happy because nice. I get to reclaim my office. I uh, When I bought it all, the manufacturer was having like a, 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 a sale for the month, right? 15% off everything. And I was like, sure. okay. Yes, please. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, that'll time nicely with the multiple date of October 1st. And somehow I missed the memo that it wasn't October 1st <laughs> until I got it all back and went to go create the shipment. And it's like, mm, no, sorry. Just get that. I was like, damn it. So I have to sit on this for two weeks. So this has been the longest two weeks of my office's life. Nice. And so are you, are, you getting, oh. are you getting back into FBA then? Just this one thing, just to, just to liquidate and kind of move just some this slide. Just this one thing. I, I I did the math and it was like mm, I spent about sixteen hundred dollars and I can make mm, between eight hundred and a thousand. I'll do it once. Yeah, it's not bad. So you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I have a lot of people ask me like, "Are you ever going to get back into FBA selling like yourself?" Because like I don't sell anymore. Um, fun fact, and I'm like, no, like not not that it's like a diss on it. Like, I don't think it's bad, but knowing what I know about software and like, you know, the next project through which we are now starting to work on. No, <laughs> like it's in, it's a interesting thing. And I'm curious to get your opinion on it. There's, there's a difference between starting a cash flow business and a like impact business, right? Like, yeah, there's the traditional, like we are a startup. We are here to like change things. And then there's the, I'm just here to make money and quit my job. I think they're both great, but serve a different purpose, obviously. Right. right? And so like, I've kind of over gone the hurdle that is, I don't want to work for somebody else. Like that's a solved problem for me now, which is cool. But then you start to think about what comes next. And a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people are just in the thick of it, right? Like, Oh, like I'm I'm a seven figure seller and blah, blah, blah. Like, but you never think about what's the next thing, right? Like what's the next Mm -hmm. layer of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so to speak, that is your career, right? Like, cause if you think about it, being a business owner is a career. A lot of people don't view it that way, but it is right. And so I think a lot of people think that the peak for them is run a seven figure business, but then you get there and you're like, but I'm not even 30 yet. Like, like something has to come after. And then you start to find larger problems to solve. And then it gets you really excited and really anxious because it's like a big ordeal. And then you're like, maybe I could run a hundred million dollar a year business. Heck, maybe I could IPO a company. 
and just the whole thing changes. Um, but I'm curious to like get your opinion. Like, like, do you think it's different or, you know, have you experienced that yourself? Um, Randy, I know you're in a different situation cause you literally love your job. So yeah. you're not trying to solve that problem cause it's not a problem for you. And I think that's, that's exactly it, right? Like I, 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 I get the motivation to want to build something that is like my thing. Yeah. Right. And I'll, I'll clarify what that actually means. Like right now, my thing is I have a nine to five that is more roughly like a 10 to four or <laughs> eight to three, depending on how I'm feeling right. that day. Sure. Um, and then. I have all of these side projects that also kind of make money. Like that's my thing. Right. right. But do you, but you, but it sounds like you do that because it's like, it's just interesting and it fills up time that you have available. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for those who like yourself, who really get, yeah, they're able to scratch the itch from, from building an empire, so to speak, versus yeah. just having a bunch of things around here and there that, that fill time and can, that kind of sort of do it, but not really, you know, like yeah. kind of, they're, they're like, they're like hobbies that kind of make you money more sure. so than anything else. Um, it, I, I get why you gravitate towards the one like Uber yeah. thing. Right. Right. Whereas here, like, I don't, I don't have that drive because I don't need to have that drive. Like, that's, it's just not fair. something like I could, you know, I could quit my job and become a coffee empire. For example, like I sure. joke about it sometimes, like there's yeah. a building next door that's empty. That would be the perfect size to start my own roasting facility, but we would rather buy a house. So, <laughs> you know, well, that and, it, it go ahead. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you're, you're in a great position where like you have like security, right? Like, like you're not, you're not having to run away from something, which a lot of people are. Like if you talk to a lot of like yeah. first time oh, yeah. business owners, they're like, I'm afraid. I am running away from the fact that I don't have control or, you know, I hate my job or my boss hates me. They're running away from something and starting a business becomes more of a solution to that problem more so than like, I want to start a business empire, right? A lot of people don't start businesses because they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. It's like, no, I just don't know any other option. And like, that's what we're going to (laughs) do. So, you know, and to be honest, like that was me too. Like, you know, I... I went back to college later in life, so to speak. Um, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Floundered around just trying to find out what I wanted to do. Eventually landed here. Um, you know, so I've never really had like that, even like financial security of like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's good. <laughs> like, I could, I could hang out here for 10 years. You know, totally different. It was like, shit, I don't know, man. Like, maybe this lasts a year. But like, I, I'm always on the hunt. And now that I'm not in that position, it's helping me see things kind of, I mean, I'm still the hunt, obviously, like we're growing a business here, but, but it's a different type of thing, right? It's not running away from something, which I really do not enjoy, but it's running towards something, right? Like I, I've always said, I like climbing mountains. Um, I like the carrot, not the stick. Like that's like when I've had previous bosses that I, I would work for that would try the stick on me and I'd be like, I'll just quit. Like, I don't care. <laughs> like that does <laughs> not work for my personality type. But the moment you come to me and you're like, I don't think you could do it. And you challenge me. I'm like, watch me, <laughs> you know, I'm running towards that challenge. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think it is different. It's such a unique situation where it just, it's different for each person. Um, but at the same token, 
granted, you're not the perfect example. So thanks for that, Jonathan. You're welcome. Um, there, there are people that are kind of just stuck in the cash flow business. Again, nothing wrong with that, but but they're not asking the crucial question, which is what comes next. Or now that you have this cash flow, what are you going to do? Like, do you want to have an impact? Do you not? And it's not, don't feel like you have to, right? Like, it's not like a you have to be Mr. Millennial, have an impact positively on the world. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But like, you have the option now. Whereas previously you didn't, right? Now you have resources, you have time, you have skill sets, you have you have knowledge. Um, that's pretty cool. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, and and to come back to what what you're saying about running away from something for just a just a second, like I think you know we've discussed this in the past. You know, I think about this now more than now more than ever in these challenging times. Side note: Do you notice that brands don't care that COVID's still a thing anymore? Have you that noticed brands that? don't brands. Any in any kind of advertising, you notice like that's just not a thing that oh yeah comes up anymore. Like it's yeah. over, right? Yeah. Anyways, um, all the car manufacturers were so into it for a couple months, and now it's just like it never existed. Right? <laughs> yeah, because there was no ROI on basically advertising <laughs> on the top of a pandemic on a ninety-six month loan with zero interest. Right? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Anyways, you know it's. Something I think about a lot is the the right the, the people that are running away from something and that something is like their their day job, right? Like it's you know I it's I think about it as you know gradually as time passes, you know I think about it in different ways for different reasons, right? Because you know working in the corporate world, like new things come up and you know, there's new 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 BS here and there, right? Like so it's, you're always revisiting that topic, right? But I've I've never gotten to the point where you know I've looked at mm-hmm. I don't. I really don't like this money anymore, right? And I think that it's it's like kind of it's probably the most superficial way to measure it, but like I really do like being able to comfortably pay my bills. <laughs> and like you know, I see a lot of folks who don't don't look at it using that measurement, and that's that's yeah. totally fine. Like for them their their happiness is more important. I'm making it sound like I sacrifice my happiness, which is not also not true, but you know, I've met people who made multiples more than you and I do, even combined, and they still left their day job to do like Amazon FBA, for example, right. and they freaking love it, right? I like I was especially thinking about that yesterday when I was at Target buying a a, a prop coffee canister for some product photos that I'm gonna do. And you know, flexibility of having a nine to five that's not really a nine to five, I tell you what. <laughs> But and I was, you know, I found myself in the toy section. I like to think it was by accident, but I probably subconsciously walked myself I over there. I I explicitly go there, so <laughs> I can't. I I told my wife I can't help myself, but wander through the toy section, especially the clearance areas. Yeah, like it's just like it's it's ingrained in my soul, and I can't not do it. Right, and so I had stumbled across a a particular toy that they had quite. They had like just put out on clearance, right. So they still had a lot of it. And so I'm like, I'm pulling out my phone. I'm going to, I went to eBay first because, you know, I find it easier to sell things on eBay, believe it or not. Okay. And uh, I was looking and I'm like, oh, I could double my money. How many are there? Hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I'm doing the math yeah. in my head, right? And I'm like, yeah, there's probably a couple hundred dollars in profit here for, you know, maybe two or three minutes a piece worth of work. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. That's you know, that's a not a not a terrible net net ROI, right? right? But I'm like, but do I want to do that work though? 
Like that was like that was what was holding me back. Not that like I could sit and peel labels off of forty things for an hour and and Target stickers suck. And eventually, <laughs> yeah, and eventually come out with an extra couple hundred bucks in my pocket. And it's like, well, hmm, I don't know. Hmm. Like my 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 yeah. barrier is so low. My threshold is so low for how much effort I want to put into these things these days. But but it should right. And like me me and my co founder James were talking about this that this morning is like. You know, I actually struggle with valuing my time where I just want to do all the things. And like, that's not correct. Like that's, you know, at the end of the day, you need to value your time higher. And like, that's like, I get it conceptually, but it's harder for me to like deploy it, (laughs) but it's true. Like it, it completely makes sense where it's like, there are so many business owners right now that are struggling to grow because they're focusing on the wrong things or you know, they have it in them to do the business that they really want to be doing, but they're like, Oh, I'm just going to go do this little thing because like, I think I can, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not saying aim higher just for aiming higher, but consider the fact that you could, and maybe that's exactly what you want. Like I was talking to somebody at the conference I was at this past weekend, or I'm sorry, it was like three weekends ago now, um, where he's like, I want to start this business to then start that business because I want to get the skill sets from the first one to, to be able to launch the, the second one. I'm like, dude, just launch the second one. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, you just, go, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna make it way easier. And you're talking about delaying the thing you really want to do by like a year to two years. And you know, we, we don't go like what, you know, what is it like the, 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 um, shortest distance from A to B is a straight line. Right. And that's what we really need to be doing. And a lot of people just don't, including myself at times, right? Like there, there are tasks where like literally before I jumped on here, there were still tasks that I keep on my plate that I should not be doing. And literally before we jumped on here, I wrote, I wrote two SOPs. I was like, Hey dude, uh, to one of my employees, I was like, this, this is you, you're responsible starting tomorrow. These are daily tasks. I'm not doing them anymore. You know, so there's still even like, and I'm Mr. Like SOP automation. Like, <laughs> and even then it's just like, you get so used to it um, because you feel this level of ownership of the small things, but that's not really correct. What you need to do is get rid of those small things and focus on the big things, right? It's like even this next project that we're going to start working on that's low-key in stealth mode, like it's going to be such a massive thing, a massive, massive thing. Look at that. What is that? Oh, a little shipping label? <laughs> little, little. My my light is blowing it out. But a little FBA prep. I'm showing my, yeah. I know. <laughs> nice. Man. Oh, that's great. I haven't seen these in so long. I'm gonna I'm gonna derail the conversation again. The uh, I haven't touched the, a shipment in so so long. The shipment interface is definitely a lot different now. And Dude, I logged into my Seller Central account probably a week or so ago. I'm like, it is so different. It's just a bunch of tiles that that have no value. And there's mostly. no reports yeah. anywhere. <laughs> it's it's definitely interesting. I, I created the first shipment for the first time in right probably since April, not even yeah. March maybe, and. The flow, I mean, it's great if you're sending in cases of stuff because, right. you know, I had a box predefined that said there were going to be four cases in it. It's this size, it's this weight, blah, 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 right? Right. But it's, I don't know. I almost, I felt like I was still doing it wrong. And Okay. Cool. That's there, the thing. There are, there are aspects that, like, I do low-key miss about selling. <laughs> like, the, like I don't know. They're, they're, it's so nostalgic like when you get like your first like 1000 sales day, your first 3000 sales day, you're like, Oh my God, I remember doing like 30 K in sales. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's real. You know? Um, but I really do not miss that grind. Like we, you know, so oh, for God. this, for this next project that we're going to work on, it's a whole other thing. Um, actually has nothing to do with Amazon, but it is a software. It's a platform that we're, we're going to start, but 
you know, I'm, we're in the discovery phase, right? So we're validating our ideas. And so I'm literally doing what I used to do, which is calling like brands and having conversations. And what's so crazy is like, oh, it gave me so much anxiety to do that again, because that's how you get wholesale accounts. It's like, you just call brands and have conversations, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, yeah. man, it's it, dude, it's hard to get people to answer 10 questions in that and be like, I have nothing to sell you. I just, I have a few questions. And I'm like, man, I forgot how difficult this crap was. <laughs> like, and, and so when it gets to that standpoint, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm happy doing these discovery calls because they're fun and like I'm validating our ideas and disproving a few of them, um, which is making the entire project way much or way more clear. Um, like I'm staring at the whiteboard. It's literally like perfectly crystal clear. Now it's great. But uh, it's one of those things where there are aspects I miss, but there are a lot of aspects I do not miss <laughs> like, like the downside and, you know, not, not to sound lazy, but like the work of it was not that fun. Like play, like the, the by yourself kind of work was totally cool. But the moment you had like cold call and stuff, like I was good at it. Like I did it. Like I'm good at the discovery calls is why I'm doing them. But I, ugh, yeah, that was like all day, every day <laughs> posting up at like a Starbucks and just making like 30 phone calls in a day to get like one account. Yeah, that was that that stretch of the the marathon if you will in building yeah. a wholesale amazon business the uh, grind. I said brand it's not a brand no um, not even remotely close a brand <laughs> the a, a wholesale amazon cash flow business yes uh did i say that right dylan did i do that right yes that was good okay. thank you appreciate it um I got real tired of doing that real quick. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. This is that like, that's like when you, you have that feeling so quickly, you're like, you know, this is not going to scale. Like, you know, this is not, well, it, it's one of those you, things like it, it can scale, but it's it's the process itself does not scale easily, right? Like the business model itself can very easily scale because once you're effective at opening accounts, okay, you just do more of that. But the hard part is it does not scale from a technical standpoint, right? When, when like, when guys like me and you hear the word scale, we're thinking like Paul Graham, like, you know, it scales infinite and not having anything to do with my time. You know, from a business standpoint, it can still technically scale. You can hire somebody to do that for you, but it is very cost prohibitive. It's a lot of training. And to be frank, it's not something you want to do. <laughs> like, you know, you, you can do a hundred of those and be like, oh, dude, I'm crushing. Like, listen, I was good at it. Like I'm still good at like cold calling and just getting people to talk to me. I understand how to get people to get out of their own comfort zone to laugh and be like, oh, this is just a normal person. We're having a real conversation here. I can do that. Doesn't mean I want to do it daily, <laughs> you know, like, and what's interesting is like, that's a good point is like, there are things you have to do that you may not be that excited to do to get something off the ground. Like, listen, every time. I, and actually, I just got an email from somebody to schedule one of these discovery calls. That's kind of funny. Uh, when I was, I've been trying to get on on the phone. Um, there are just things you have to do, and I get really upset when I hear you know these these gurus, especially on the Amazon front, where they're like, "Oh, just hire somebody to do it," or like, "You shouldn't be doing that task. You're the founder." I'm like, "Yes, you literally should." Like, and you know me, I'm not Mister like grind it out and like Mister hustle. I'm I'm like no, like let's do what is required and what makes the most sense. But like you got to do stuff you don't want to do sometimes. And a lot of people that are running away from the job they hate hit this moment and then go, oh, okay, <laughs> now it's real. And then they flame out. And you, you can't do that, man. Like you, you got to be willing to take on like the stuff that 
this doesn't suck, but there are things that will suck. And there's things that you just don't look forward to doing. Like I, I prefer to work kind of on my own, but that's not what's going to get us to the next level. You know, that's not what's going to kickstart this catalyst that ideally would turn into a company we could IPO someday. Literally none of my windows are opening. I freaking hate it so much. <laughs> get off I told the beta. you how much Oh god, it's so much work to get off the beta though. I, I know just, it is. Though. I'm just like grinning and bearing it. Yeah, like once you're there, you're there, dude. <laughs> um is I was I wanted to quietly look up a book uh what is what's his name? Paul Jarvis. Uh the book's called Company of One. Yeah, I actually I tried to get him on the Wholesale Made Easy podcast, but the dude was straight up like, I'm too busy, leave me alone. <laughs> he yeah, he he's definitely a busy fellow, that's for sure. Um, but I just got his book. I've only read the intro so far, but it it to me it sounds like exactly like what you're what you're talking about. And okay. I'm gonna pretend to describe what the book's about without having read it just yet so Lovely. Uh, we'll see i'll read it and we'll come back and see how how Kinda right or wrong a lot of weight on your your feedback here okay yes appreciate it mm-hmm. um how it's entirely acceptable and i think we touched upon some of this when we when we talked with lee a few a few weeks yep. back right uh in his his book big enough right i think he comes at it from a uh, a slightly different perspective um but the the idea is the same in that being a company of one or maybe not necessarily a, one specifically but a company of small handful or yeah. some like low quantity right like like yeah. like you guys right there's like what four or five of you right there is technically three of us in day to day and the the third is still in school full time <laughs> so it's go. technically so not full full time there's three and yet you're yeah. still cranking out all of this stuff right yes. and you have you have a balance sheet that looks like you have quite a few more people right and i think that's that's the idea right like well, it's, you, it's a measurement of efficiency right and so when when we initially looked at it and you can look at companies like you know there are some companies you know that that are like ours where they will peg employee headcount to revenue so a good level of efficiency is if you if you can have two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand um in revenue per employee you're pretty efficient like you're doing pretty well uh, if you can do a hundred, that's actually still pretty decent, right? It's a good benchmark because what you're trying to say in that equation is we have enough to pay that person full-time salary plus benefits. And that person is now technically profitable because there's profit that sits on top of that. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're way over that. Um, we're more so like a little over double that technically. Um, now people like Google, they do it similarly but different where they don't look at revenue they look at net profit <laughs> so they go we have you know 200 250,000 in annual net profit per employee count like that's insane but that's what you should do right like you shouldn't just be like oh well we have the money we should hire people it's like sometimes you should but what you know i don't know i mean it, it comes down to efficiency I, i'm i'm really over the the business owners that are like really just the people that are like, oh, I need a, this massive team and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you just need to operate more efficiently. This is why I literally I geek out with like text expansion and stuff. Like, yeah, I get it. It's granular. It doesn't seem like it has that big of an impact, but it's such a foundational layer that everything else sits on top of that. If you can, if you can apply efficiencies to every level of your operations, things just kind of happen. And it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, you don't have to work 80, 90, 100 hours a week to make what we're doing work. Like, you just don't, you know, and what's cool, I, I read, um, Peter Diamandis 
cool dude runs um singularity hub um singularity university the x prize lots of cool stuff he's written a few books on like you know future of tech exponential technologies stuff like that highly recommend checking out his stuff um he's got a few things called peter rules i think is what he calls them basically it's just like the rules that he follows and i think it was on his instagram i saw one it was pretty cool I don't think it was one of his rules, actually. They're not thinking about it. Either way, he, he he made a good point. It was like when you're getting started with with a business, the first thing it feels like is that you are rolling a a boulder, right? It's a lot of pushing. It's a lot of effort. But eventually, excuse me, things – that boulder turns into like a train, right? Like it builds its own momentum. And then you're just trying to hold on. You can feel when that happens in a company because you immediately go to like we're – the the derivative, so to speak, so like the growth rate is is increasing, but our input is not, right? So now the growth rate is not directly, linearly speaking, tied to our input. Now it's momentum, right? And what's cool is getting to that point doesn't take as long as you think it does. It definitely takes like a few years from at least my small sample size of experience. Um, but like the next, but but that's good to understand, right? It's like now we know for the next project, it's gonna be because it's such a massive project, it's gonna be a massive boulder for like a handful of years, and then it's gonna gain momentum on itself, and then it's just gonna be us trying to you know catch up, right? But during that bouldering phase, it comes down to being efficient. Like you you have opportunity costs for your time. You I mean, especially being bootstrapped, like we we're, we haven't raised ten million dollars in, in capital that is just sitting there where we can just go hire, you know, 10, 15 engineers and just go ham. Now, could that change? Absolutely. Will it? Most likely, based on what I'm saying, it, it probably will. But, you know, having built a bootstrapped company, you have to be efficient because you don't have the cash to just go out and spend it. And you have to have a cash buffer. You know what I mean? It's like I talk to people all the time. They're like, oh, I'm afraid of hiring people. I'm like, why? They're like, well, I'm responsible for their for their salary. I'm like, okay, put three months of their salary in a bank account. If you want to be extra conservative, put six months of their salary in a bank account and just let it sit there. You got six months to figure it out <laughs> if, if, if things really go to zero, you know. Um, but you got to think through that lens. You have to be able to actually operate a profitable business while growing, which is a hard thing to do, right? Like when we were both in college full time, you know, we were still growing very fast, but we we kind of treated it like a lifestyle business, not by design, but because of limited capacity, right? Like if I have to spend 20, 25, um, hours during the week in classes in lecture, I have limited capacity and what I can do. So I have to be effective and efficient with my time. Um, and then eventually that changes, you know, you're able to do things full time. You don't have those other limitations and now you can just go full blast. Right. But what's great is if you can, if you can make 25, 30 hours a week, look like full-time when you get full-time plus some extra i mean you you have an abundance of of things you can throw that extra time into right so now it's, it's it just becomes pure abundance mindset and opportunity but it's just it's different i don't know i'm not sure where that tangent was going but it's okay you know what? it's all gonna stay <laughs> in it's fine i like it i like it um did i did i tell you that i was working on uh, a sampler pack for the coffee empire. Have I told you that story yet? The sample? No, I don't think so, actually. So I, I, I've been working on these little bad boys. Again, I'm holding some up to the screen that y'all can't see, but no, these, sure. are, these are right. two, two ounce oh, that's packages cool. that have, you know, it has some of the color yeah. in the, in the label, but it's mostly, mostly solid. Sure. But it, um, 
Is that just to like lower the friction of somebody trying it? That's exactly what it's for. And I've also received a lot of feedback uh, from a few people who have been super vocal and they've they've expressed interest in buying a lot of these things as gifts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm thin. I'm thin. I'm I. You, you know how. Uh, when we had that discussion about selling to businesses as corporate gifts and using that as an entry point, right? Yeah. That those wheels started turning here again too. Mm, right. Yeah. The, the samplers go out as gifts inside sure. the box. There's a little card, you know, if you like one of these, get your, you get a full bag for, yeah. you know, 20% off or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so the wheel started turning and, um, hopefully in the next, uh, what day is it today? The 15th, uh, uh probably next, right around, yeah, fifteenth next week to ten days. I'll have I'll have samples go live, and you know I I picked out the the box and exactly what it's going to look like, and you know how it's going to be laid out and how it's going to ship. I got all of that worked out, and what what it made me realize was I, I feel like that's what's holding a lot of people back from making a purchase because the the full size bag is a lot of. It's a lot of a lot of commitment because the the coffee by itself isn't necessarily expensive, right? Like if if you are interested, if you're someone who is interested and in, into coffee that's fresh, right? Like that's your thing. Fifteen dollars is not a lot, right? But what adds a not insignificant hurdle for some folks is that you have to add another five dollars to to ship it just to try it right so now your 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 trial run is now twenty dollars and if you don't like it now you've wasted a bunch of it whereas if you you know you're maybe not sure what flavor you like grab a sampler fifteen dollars shipping's included uh you know i priced the shipping into it so i could say you know free shipping people love yeah. free right <laughs> thanks amazon right um and that creates the added bonus of being easily giftable Right. Somebody can buy, you know, I don't Shopify doesn't have a good way of splitting up orders into multiple delivery destinations for some reason. I'm sure there's probably an app to do that, but that sounds slightly complex, though. <laughs> it, it is kind of yeah, it is kind of hard. It's it's not impossible to do. If somebody came to me and said, I want to order 20 of these things. Yeah, I can I can make it work manually. Like it's you know, it's technically possible, just not from the customer's end. Anyway, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, if they wanted to place 20 individual orders, right, they're not going to have to pay for shipping because they they only bought one 20 right, times, exactly. right? You know, yeah. things like that. Lowering the friction and pairing that with the mailer that I I decided to hold back until after the samples were done. Okay. Because, you know, I'm realizing, yes, all of these people are local, but they're going to have that same hurdle to get over yeah that some random on the internet elsewhere is going to have sure right? sure so holding those back until the samples are done and then make that like a focus uh, a focal point mm-hmm. on the landing page right in addition to the full-size bags and yeah. stuff like that so that's my latest prog uh progress i was about to say progress i my words still aren't with me this morning <laughs> it's it's been a rough latest update start to the day um project i think it's the word oh, okay going for and just as well i have i'm holding yet another thing up to the screen oh tiger island i like that actually right isn't that a fun name yeah it's so cool (laughs) 
<laughs> so this is that's so uh, 80s i like it isn't it uh <laughs> honduras okay it's a it's a fair trade organic rainforest delight GMO. certified it's, yeah. it's it's the fancy one right it's all it's all the things <laughs> yeah and tiger island just it's happens air to be, that's what it is you're it, shipping bag, air <laughs> yes yeah, somehow it's 12 ounces of air i don't know how we did that but it's a thing um tiger islands an island in honduras has no okay. tigers but Lovely. you know it's one of the hardest things i find myself doing is coming up with a name that's relevant to the region sure <laughs> you know so you just steal the island name <laughs> I, I mean, that it was either that or there's... Uh, Eye of the Tiger or something crazy like that. There's there's some, like, archaeological project. I'm going to try and look it up here in real time. God damn it. Why aren't my windows opening? <sighs> I click on my apps in my dock, and the window doesn't appear. Lovely. It just, I'm it's curious, open. It's have running, you considered, but like, opening up, like, a wholesale arm? Or would you consider that? I would absolutely consider it. It's, okay. I haven't done it yet because in order to do it, I have in order to do it properly, I have to do one of two things, start a second Shopify store yes. or pay Shopify roughly three times more to activate the wholesale features. Yeah. The whole, or the pay a third or party, a not insignificant money for an app to add those features. So starting wholesale What if wholesale you could do costs, that on a different platform? Mm, I guess it would depend on how, like... I want to say how different, but only from the perspective of how how much will it change my workflow to sell things? Like if it's yeah, if um, I don't know to give you an example, right? Like if it's mm-hmm. if this theoretical platform sent me notifications of orders to fulfill and yes, they get fulfilled and somehow money appears. I don't know if I would actually care how the rest of the platform functions, right? Because that's that's essentially how all of the basic e-commerce platforms work, right? Because what about in this on case, the discovery side? Mm, so so matching you know. with retailers that are or actually a good fit. So not just facilitating the transaction, but also looking at discoverability as well. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I've I've thought about that yet. I think okay. so far, like what's what stopped me from going into it thus far is that it's going to cost me money up front to just even like start poking at things. And In what there way? are other just the monthly costs of adding that functionality to what I already have. Gotcha. So without even having any known interest or anything of the mm-hmm. sort mm-hmm. already in it's place, hard to kind of jump I have to into spend it. money. Right. Yeah. So I would rather do other things like create stuff like this that yeah. that people have what already. What if you didn't have to spend money in. on it to get I started? Would, to get started, yeah, I'd be okay with that. I would even go so far as to offer up a percentage of my sales as like the like how I pay for being on so the so a small transaction fee. Sure. You know, okay. like I already do that now to shopify right right by way of shopify and sure. all that stuff you know i'd pay them monthly like it's you know it's just i think shopify's monthly payment is a little bit different but like sure you know, there is there's there's like table stakes for you know selling yeah. just about anywhere right like that's sure i that's that's fine i think um because the barrier to entry on just about every other platform can be so low i would also be holding this theoretical platform to that same standard just because I'm I'm not going to be comfortable spending a ton of money on something that I haven't been able to prove actually works yet. Fair. Yeah. But if I if if that's if if that can be demonstrated, I I will happily pay. Like if 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 it if it brings me the sales, I honestly sure. wouldn't care. Like that's okay. 
because to me, so it's if all it costs it's numbers. You nothing to get started outside of, let's say, a transaction fee, which would only happen on a performance basis, anyways, right? That would be a positive for sure. Like you, you would consider it. Okay. Okay. We're, we're doing real time feedback, by the way. Oh yeah. No, I know. I know what you're, what you're asking me about. I wanted, I, I can't give to out, try and I can't give out too much, but I, I do want to get like honest feedback. Oh, sure. I, I, you know, I want you to be like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> or like, <laughs> I would consider it for sure. And you know, Dylan has told me more, you know, kind of off to the side, what he's, a little bit more context. What he's asking me about. So I was trying to play. I like, I knew immediately what you were asking about, but I didn't want to give it away. I wanted to play sure, it down sure. for a minute, but no, like I, that is, that is a really good point. Like I've, that the the cost to entry dictates a lot of the things that I add, yeah, because I don't have any data yet to prove that that's worth the effort. Yeah, because here, here's my and and it's hard because I can't give full context quite yet. <laughs> but I'm in like Go the validation phase. It. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm in the validation phase, right? And like we're like deep into it. Like so, I know it's validated, but you know, it's always good to have more. It's like you know, the, the thing I'm thinking about is, you know, if, if I could get newer brands that want to go that route, but have that same hesitation as you do, it's not validated yet. I don't know. It might cost me too much. If I can basically shore up all of those oblig- or all of those objections and make it a solid win where it's like, listen, I want to build something where yes, once you're established and you're growing, it works for you as well. But even just to get started, like that's where I'm really spending a lot of time right now is like, small brands that are just starting the wholesale route or would like to, but have those same hesitations. It's like, what if I could just make that so easy to where like literally you're up and running with a wholesale program for no money. If you want like crazy premium features and like, cause you're growing and you need scale and all that. So, okay, cool. Now it's a SaaS model. Right. But like it costs nothing to work with, let's say five to 10 retail buyers. Like nothing else. I like, let's say a transaction. I don't, I'm not going to do commission. Um, I don't really care to do commission, but you know, a transaction fee or something like that. Right. Where it's just like, cool. We cover the cost basically, <laughs> you know? Um, and like, that's it. And then it's like, cool. But once you're growing now, it's like, cool. Hey, now we do need the extra features. Now it's worth paying for because now it's literally validated for you as the brand. And you're like, yeah, I'm obviously going to pay you because I have like 20 to 30 retail buyers right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> totally yeah. different. Like I've, I, I've always been in the mindset that if somebody is willing to purchase for me in volume, I will happily wholesale them whatever they want. Like, right. Yeah. It's, you know, I understand as, as, as somebody that, that, you know, had wholesale accounts and used to be on the opposite volume, end of it. <laughs> right. Like I know, I know that the price I'm paying only has a small margin on it, but yeah. I also just bought a truckload of it right so you know at at the end of the day the math is all working out they wouldn't sell it to me if it was going to be unprofitable for them right at that price so they've already done the math it's fine it's whatever so i figure i could do the math you know i know roughly what you know if we're gonna do like you know for me there's two kinds of wholesale right there's there's bulk and then there's you know buy the buying to right yeah exactly buying for retail sale and buying consumption and then there's buying to resell, which right. when I say, that's why I don't really say wholesale, I say wholesale program, but you know, to be clear, like I'm making the assumption here, given the context that you are selling to a retail like entity, right? Like they are going to resell your thing from their brand. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, you know, like I've, I've, I've done the numbers on both, right? Like I know yeah, if, nice. you know, buying wholesale for, for retail sale or buying wholesale for consumption, like I've, you know, I've done the math on like what both of those would have to look like to be worth my time worth everyone's time right yeah 
luckily my my cost structure is very static so i you That's know nice. i can i can easily <laughs> predict you know if somebody somebody on this theoretical pr- platform you know said how much would it cost to get 500 of this thing yeah like i just take my my base number multiply it by a margin times sure. 500 there it is you know like i don't have to do any fancy yeah. Well, Fancy ideally, you wouldn't even right? have to do that. It would just be yeah. baked in. If I can, yeah, if I can plug in in this theoretical platform, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to say that to you. <laughs> I know. Um, and, you know, here are all my SKUs. Here's here's my cost out the door. Or, you know. Basically, your know. price sheet, right? So here's my, pr- here's yeah. my default pricing. And here's my volume-based default pricing, which might be if it's over 500, then the price goes to Y instead of X. And here's my MOQ, so minimum order quantity. And theoretically, you might negotiate with a very large retail buyer where they get specific type um, of custom pricing, in which case that's now a new custom pricing profile. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No questions if asked. Full transparency. If they – yeah. If they were coming at me with the volume that would dictate having that conversation, I'd absolutely have that conversation. Right. But, you know, that would also have to introduce things like, you know – contracts and commitments and stuff like sure. that like if 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 theoretically if like kroger approached me right and i know that's kind of on the extreme we end but they're LTL like shipment once a week <laughs> yeah right like you know we want to back uh, back one of our our semi trucks up to your facility every right. every monday yeah <laughs> my god my roaster would shit their pants <laughs> one because they, have, don't, yeah. <laughs> they don't have a they don't have a semi truck friendly door lovely um but i mean Again, with enough, in just they're literally going to be like by hand throwing your coffee into the <laughs> truck. Yeah, everything else you're doing for the next week, stop that. Yeah, exactly. Check this out. I have 53 feet of truck to fill. <laughs> um, but you know that would just be like a that would be a conversation that I'd have to have with right. them. Like, look, you know, Kroger wants to do a thing. Yeah, they're going to need 25,000 bags a week. Sure. Can you hire people to do that? How long is that going to take you? Like, you know, yeah. like it wouldn't be a no. It would be like, we need to make some, we need to do yeah. some planning yeah. around this. You're going to have to have a contract in place that guarantees a minimum order amount that right. would facilitate Right, because we're doing all cost. of this extra yeah. effort to make it work for them. They need to commit to like a year of this or something like that, right? Or six months or, you know, a minimum Whatever of the 100. break even on the actual increase in cost is going to be because <laughs> it's not just a variable cost <laughs> at that point. Yes. Like now you have an increase of fixed costs that's kind of going to suck. Right. Um, so it's, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, it would all still be a net win for everybody sure. all around. Sure. But I would have to be able to have leverage in cases yeah. like that as well. So as long as that's part of it would be the you platform would have like that. That sounds totally fine. And I, I think about payment terms yeah. as something else that comes to mind. It's like like I net know terms? I would be fine with net. I don't know if I would want to go beyond 30 just because so, of how so I'm, I get I'm in an awkward position here because uh, we're getting kind of in the weeds. Uh, yeah. And I want to keep talking with you. So to the listeners, we are literally going to stop the recording right now um, <laughs> because me and Jonathan – are going to continue to talk about this in depth because I'm literally validating our next business. Uh, but we're in stealth mode. <laughs> okay. All right. So cliffhanger, eventually you guys will learn about this, but not today. Dun, dun, dun.
Baker, I hardly knew her. Anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we had a long conversation. That was also all sorts of fun. You'll never hear about it. It's fine. And now I have to do editing. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've derailed this whole thing, um, you going to buy a new iPhone? I literally am. So I wait for the next like benchmark where like it's actually a meaningful improvement. And I truly believe this one is one 5G is now on it. That's cool. Verizon is it 5G say, in Boston. Um, as far as I understand, it's on like I should, like, I should be more coming. specific. Is it like the millimeter wave 5G or is it like I, don't 5G know. I gotta do derp, I gotta derp. I gotta do more research on it. Verizon during that Apple event was pretty much like 5G is now a thing. Welcome. Um, so I was like, okay, okay, I guess it's live now. Like I don't have Verizon, but I might have to. Um, but either way, it's like, even if I can't have 5g today, when I get the phone, that phone is now set up for a 5g. So when it becomes mainstream, the phone's already ready for it. Right. So that phone's going to last for a long period of time. It's a new form function. Um, CPU, GPU increases of 50%. Like it's, it's a meaningful impact in my opinion, like speed design. I'm about it. Apparently it's lighter. Like that's cool. MagSafe on the back is kind of neat. Not like super cool. It's not a must have. It's nice to have. So real time follow up. I pulled up Verizon's coverage map, which, you know, take it for what it's worth. Yeah. For Mass Boston, Massachusetts, not Connecticut. Yeah. Boston, Massachusetts is a 5G ultra wideband enabled city and a 5G edge city, whatever the hell that means. Okay. So a lot of people are complaining that it's not 5G period. It's 5G when it needs to use 5G. But to be frank, that's fine. for battery, and that's because of literal efficiency. Like, why would you use something hardcore when you literally don't need it? Like, th- people don't understand how how bandwidth works and how capacity works. They're like, just clog up five G. I'm like, no. You want to literally say some people need to be on five G right now, some people need to be on LTE. You do smart balancing and allocation of bandwidths, and then you're fine. Like, <laughs> people are like, get me five G twenty four seven. Like, no, dude, that's literally how your battery dies in five seconds. So Seattle is not a 5G ultra wideband city. Uh, surprise, we have hills. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> kind of hard to do millimeter wave in the hills. Exactly. Um, we are allegedly a 5G nationwide city. I don't know what, like, I don't know what 5G nationwide really means. I'm feeling like it's... It's similar to what, like, T-Mobile was touting, where it's like, oh, we're going to use the lower spectrum. It's slower than millimeter but it's still faster than 4g like i feel like it's like a four and a half g okay yeah yeah or whatever that They're is right? at five but it's not really five <laughs> which is hilarious because i have one to two bars of 4g right now okay i don't know what they're going to give me that's going to be all that much better than right what i already have given the tower is like two miles that direction <laughs> like right we have tall buildings and trees here in this area so I don't know how you're going to solve that problem. How do you feel about the the um, HomePod Mini? Because I've always wanted one, but they're freaking huge, and I'm not pay- I'm not paying what they want for one. But a hundred bucks, and it's pretty small. Okay, so I've I've wanted to have a stereo pair of these types of speakers in my office for a bit, right? Like I have I have a Sonos One, uh, the SL, the microphone free version, the not the the dumb one. I've had one of those for a while, and I've wanted to make a stereo pair. But I I haven't wanted to pay another $179 for it or whatever it was. Yeah, right. So I saw the HomePod Mini and I'm like, oh, that looks really neat. Like it's, you know, and it's... It looks cool, it's, yeah. I don't... It's like fruit-shaped, si- fruit yeah. size, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, like a baby pineapple. 
or like an apple. Not even. Ha. Yeah, like like, like an, an apple. apple with like those little like fruit protector nets around it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so I'm like, okay, I could I could get a pair of these for you know 198 dollars, but then I, sure. I I found an employee discount for Sonos, so I ended up just buying another one of those oh, nice. for okay, like 150 bucks. Like so, okay. it's essentially I'd I'd spend a 200 dollars to get the two HomePod Minis to make my stereo pair, or sure. buy another Sonos One SL for 150 dollars and complete my right. stereo pair. No, that makes and sense. arguably, I would bet the Sonos probably sounds better. Just because it's okay. a little bigger, like it's not That's HomePod fair. big, right? But it, it's like maybe like three quarters the size of a HomePod. Okay, but it's it sounds to my to my ears, it sounds really good for the price. Like there are there aren't many speakers of this price class that sound this good. So okay, I was like, I'll I, just I'm buy another. Really if I obsessed didn't have, with if I didn't have the Sonos in my office, I probably would just buy two HomePod minis and call it a day. So I'm, I'm low key obsessed with star Trek. Cause I just like discovered it <laughs> on a recent flight. I'm like, I want to watch this. I've always wanted to check it out. And I'm literally obsessed. Um, and it's so funny because like I'm watching next generation and all their like futuristic tech is now basically what we have. And I'm like, Oh man, like we're, we're getting closer and closer to a lot of these things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I basically want to turn my entire apartment into like, the enterprise to a, to a certain degree of course you do i of know course you do. it's maybe, so cool maybe next week i'll tell you about my uh my new automation project that i want to try and take on that you'll find oh. you'll, you'll probably find pretty interesting it's not like T- tout it real quick before my my laptop battery dies because it's at five percent um data recovery and destruction locally yes like in case of emergency break glass type automation okay Nice. Is that a, okay. Is that, yeah. Is that yeah. enough to hook you into next week? Yeah. 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 It is. It is. I'll, I'll come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> so your battery's about to die. So yeah. I guess I suppose I should let you go, even though you don't bring your power adapter into these meetings. I don't bring it to the office because we have like a DigiKey, and I just like route it onto my desk. But I leave my other one at home because I only have one power adapter because I'm lazy to buy a second one. Come on. Office expense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Taxable income. Come on. Come I know. On, Dylan. It's so true. So true. I know. I know. So, okay. Take us out then. Um, stealth mode is fun, but I can tell you nothing about it. Boom. Yahtzee.